Welcome back to the Big Star Show. I'm your host, Ed Cohen, and we're back from a little off-season hiatus. A lot went down this off-season. A lot of good, a lot of bad, starting with the loss of our fearless leader, gunslinger, Cowboys legend, Tony Romo. Guy who's been one of my favorite players over the years. Been a true, true talent, a true class act for us. Unfortunately, he never quite had the team's success that uh, I knew that his talent was capable of of leading the team to have, but a tremendous career nonetheless, and he will be missed, and I'm excited to see him in the booth. But we are fully embracing the Dak Attack era. You know, lost big Ronald Leary, headed out to Denver. Thought there might be a a reuniting with, with Ronald and Tony, but that is not the case as the booth is Tony Romo's destination. Lost a couple of starters on the defensive side of the ball. Both starting cornerbacks, Brandon Carr, who was a serviceable player for us throughout the years. Not quite the $50 million man that we had hoped that he would be. Also lost Mo Claiborne, who was having the best season of his career last year before going down to injury. A stat that I like to talk about a lot last year, led the league in lowest completion percentage when targeted. A little sad to see him go, especially at the price tag the Jets were able to get him for. Uh, I think we could have kept him for that price, but nonetheless, I'm excited going forward. We got the youngster, Anthony Brown, who played tremendous last season as a sixth-round draft pick. Got Orlando Skandrick, who's been great for us. Also had some uh, issues with injuries throughout the years, but um, when healthy, you know, we got talent. Also picked up Nolan Carroll via free agency. And of course, we addressed uh, this positional need in the draft as well. Drafting a couple of young studs. Guy I liked a lot in college at Michigan. And of course, uh, the youngster out of Colorado. Excited to see what Jalen Smith's bringing to the table this year. Um, we got Sean Lee restructured. We re-signed young, talented pass rusher David Irving. Uh, wasn't all bad. Uh, however, we also lost starting safety and tackling machine Barry Church. We lost a hard-hitting, lumber-laying safety in J.J. Wilcock. You know, we're able to sign a lot of our, our offensive weapons back, although I still think that we can use another playmaker on the edges on the offensive side of the ball. But for now, we're just going to trust the process and, uh, you know, go all in on the guys we have and looking forward to it for sure. Guys, I'm excited to be back. The Big Star Show had a little bit of an off-season hiatus, but we are back with a bang. I mean, we are coming back strong. Help me welcome our guest, Cowboys legend, Jim Jeffcoat. Joining us on this episode of the Big Star Show, we got a true NFL legend, a member of the 100 Sack Club, a two-time Super Bowl champion. We're talking about a man who terrorized offenses for well over a decade. He was a QB's worst nightmare, the sack master himself, Jim Jeffcoat. Jim, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, doing great, and we're really excited to have you on the show. Now, Jim, first off, I see that you just celebrated a birthday, so I'd like to wish you a happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was um, turned 56 on um, Saturday. Wow, 56 years young. How you feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good. I um what keeps me young is the uh, players I coach, and that uh, keeps me young because I have to be active and I have to uh, make sure that I'm on my toes 
Oh, absolutely. And Jim is the uh, assistant coach for the Colorado Buffaloes, who had a tremendous successful season this past year. Tell us a little bit about. Uh, oh no, you know, uh, we have been here for uh, four years, and um, we just uh, turned things around. We had uh, got players that we had recruited, and and they helped us turn this thing around. And um, it's been um, it's only things are going up because we got young guys to uh, replace the guys that. I've graduated, and um, we've recruited well in the uh, past few seasons. Oh, that's great. And you certainly uh, last season had had a big-time year, probably one of the best years Colorado's had in, in a long, long time. Uh, Jim, you played your college ball at Arizona State and had a tremendous career. Last season, you had a chance to, to whoop up on your old team, huh? Yeah, that was uh, – and, you know, there's always mixed mix of feelings when you play a team that uh you you know you've been associated with and I have so many good feelings about Arizona State and but it's business and that's what you look at it is and I'm a coach for the University of Colorado so I had to take care of business and our our team had to take care of business uh, absolutely and, and that you did for sure now Jim let, let's backtrack a little you and I are both natives of the great state of New Jersey can you tell us a little bit about your childhood growing up and uh, when and how you first fell in love with sports? Well, I, uh, obviously, I am a native of New Jersey, and I grew up in uh, Cliffwood, New Jersey, and I've always loved sports since I was young. I always tried to get involved with any sport that was in season, and then I had the uh, opportunity to go to Madeline High School, and I played there, and I played various sports. I uh, wrestled. I played football, obviously, and ran track, and through the shot put and discus and track and any sport that was in, in season, I tried to get involved with. I just fell in love with it as soon as I had the opportunity to play. And I, I just was one of those kids that just enjoyed it. And I had a, a lot of relatives who um, had the opportunity to play sports, and I just kind of tagged along. Oh, that, that's great. And you certainly had a tremendous uh, high school football career. You were an All-American. Um, when it came to picking a college, what was it about Arizona State that drew you out there? Well, to be honest with you, um, what happened was is that uh, they came and played in the Garden State Bowl. And uh, that was the first time I really knew about it. But they had a couple of guys that were from New Jersey. Um, ben Hawkins, who played in Belmar, and um, Al Harris who was at come uh, from Rancocas Valley, and um, these guys, and I met them, and I built a relationship with them and just felt that it was uh, somewhere where I knew I could prosper at. And when I went there, the campus is beautiful. The weather was beautiful, although they didn't tell me about the hot summers. They it was 80 <laughs> degrees in the winter there, so I thought, hey, this is a great place to go. Uh, absolutely. Uh, swimming pool weather all year round, huh? No question. <laughs> Well, that's great. And, of course, you went on to uh, have a tremendous career in college as well. You were ASU Hall of Fame, um, one of the best players to, to ever wear the Sun Devil uniform, for sure. Can you tell us a little bit about the epic Fiesta Bowl where you absolutely dominated uh, against Oklahoma? Well, it was funny because um, we had played, obviously, Oklahoma there and Oklahoma had lost, I think, the game to go to the Orange Bowl, so they weren't very happy about it. And um, Barry Switzer called us the Dust Devils, and he kind of got on there. I know Barry, and that's just Barry, but it kind of got under our skin. 
And we were actually the number one defense in the country at that time. So uh, we felt that uh, we had to um, show him a little bit about the Dust Devils and what uh, Arizona State stood for because we had had been successful that year also. Uh, Absolutely. And what a game it was. A little bit before my time, but, uh, you know, I certainly, you know, read up and and, and watched the – the replay for sure. Now you end up uh, being a first round draft pick of the Dallas Cowboys. How did you spend your draft day? Well, it's funny is um, I grew up in New Jersey. I grew up 35 minutes away from the Meadowland. So being a Jersey guy, I was a Giants fan. <laughs> and, oh boy. Uh, and um, I had told my, actually my um, high school defensive coordinator, Butch Britton, that uh, I was going to be a New York Giants someday. And uh, that, and he said, no, you'll be a Dallas Cowboy. I said, I'll never be a Cowboy. <laughs> and he says, you'll be a Cowboy. So what happened was is that um, I had friends that um, lived in Arizona, and they, um, I spent the uh, draft day with them. But a week before the draft, uh, Gil Brandt called me and told me they were going to draft, and they had picked me in a mock draft. And he had wow. called me and uh, told me that they were going to draft me if I was there in the first round. So I thought it was a somebody playing a joke on me. So I hung up on him. <laughs> so he called oh, back. Boy. So he called back and said, "Wait, don't have, I really am Gil Brandt, and we're gonna draft you next week." <laughs> so we oh, before the draft, I kind of knew that I was going to Dallas. And uh, after uh, Dallas picked me, the first person that called me was my um, high school defensive coordinator, and said he had told me, "I told you, you were going to Dallas." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, so that's a great. kind of a funny story on that. Oh man, yeah, that that's classic stuff right there. So you you come to Dallas and you make an immediate impact. You know, I looking over some of your uh, you know the, the key highlights of your career. I, I can't help but to, to look at the one game. I'm sure you get asked about it all the time, where you sacked Joe Theismann five times in one game. Yes, yes, I was uh, blessed to. Uh, Play with great players too. Also, Ed Tutal Jones, uh, Randy White, uh, Harvey Martin for one year, Tony Dorsett, and then with the, earlier in my career. And um, that day, it was just everything was going right. I mean, you have those days, you're in a zone. And it, as a pass rusher, you become in a zone, and they couldn't block it. They just couldn't block me that day. And I, that was just the honest truth. Everything I, I worked on, it worked. I mean, and it, uh, and it just was, you know, it was my day and it was my time. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure a day that stands out to you, I'm sure today those offensive linemen would like to forget. Oh, um, no question. No question. <laughs> Jim, you had a, a, a ton of uh, uh, pass rush moves. What, what were some of your favorite moves that you liked to do? Uh, my biggest thing was I used to like the long arm, and the long arm is just – taking it and putting your hand in a offensive lineman's chest and getting him to lean. And whatever way he leans, I would make a move off of that or I'd counter off of it. And my other thing is I would have a black belt in Taekwondo. I was martial wow. big into martial arts. So I would uh, work a thing called the lift and I'd catch his hands because I always, that's when you're sparring in martial arts, you got to really focus on eye and hand coordination and I work on getting their hands at her in the same thing, get them to lean and counter off of which way they leaned on. And it looked like I was just overpowering them, but I was leveraging them 
Wow, that's amazing. So, so Jim, what was really your approach to studying offensive linemen? How did you prepare for, for games? Well, uh, the biggest thing is I looked at them, and the fortunate thing about the NFL at that time, most of the guys you would play for quite a while. I played, obviously, Jumbo Elliott for many years and Louis Sharp, and I knew him, uh, Joe Jacoby. So I knew their tendencies and how they liked to block, and I took advantage of that. And uh, I kept notes. I keep uh, very detailed notes on what worked, what didn't work, what are they good at, what they weren't good at, or are they going to put their hands high, or are they going to be low hands, and what can I do? And then I watch what people had success with them and see if I could copy it or imitate those things to make myself successful against them. Wow, and, and success is certainly something you had a lot of. Jim, you played on some great teams in Dallas, of course, but you also uh, were there for some of the rough years in the late 80s. What was it like uh, playing on some of those, you know, for some of those seasons where, you know, it, it was really a, a low point for the franchise? No question, and it was disheartening because uh, when you come to a team like the Dallas Cowboys, you expect and want success because of their rich history of being successful. So you, uh, it, it was really depressing. And, you know, you uh, work hard and you do everything you can to be successful. And when you're not having those rewards, it becomes difficult. And uh, it was good that uh, at the end of my career at the Cowboys, we had a lot of success. But in that middle years, it was, it was really lean and it was tough. <laughs> Yeah, no, and, you know, the, those those early 90s is really, you know, when I look back at, you know, that's when I was a young kid, and, man, I, I, I loved the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s. And uh, I got to ask you, before we get into those Super Bowl teams, I got to ask you, you know, you played for the legend Tom Landry, which I'm sure was, you know, tremendous. Uh, what was the transition like with the new owners and, and the new coach in town? I mean, it had to be strange to see Landry leave, huh? Yeah, with Coach Landry, um, he was basically, it was his defense and it was his offense. When we went into uh, meetings, he critiqued every single position. I mean, it was a four-hour meeting, and you knew if wow. you messed up, he was going to critique you. I mean, he was one of the all-time, if not one of the greatest head coaches ever, and, you know, I had the honor of playing for him. And it was it was fascinating to hear him talk about Football. He probably forgot more football than most people would ever learn, and it was just fascinating because, like I said, he designed the offense and the defense, and had so much success. And he had just he knew players, and he had a feel for them, and um, just his overall how he approached the, uh, the game is was amazing. Now with Jimmy Johnson, when you when Jimmy and Jerry came in, that was high energy. Jimmy was enthusiastic. He was just came from the University of Miami, and he had so much energy because he had been around the college game. You have to have energy in the college game because of course. the players and the kids, they feed off of energy. And he had a swag about him. He had confidence, and um, he had won a uh, national championship, and that was the thing you noticed about him is his confidence in what he did and how he wanted it done. Oh, yeah, and, and, you know, what what a cool guy he seemed like he was. Yeah. Jim, in 1992, the, the Cowboys, they bring in Charles Haley. They draft Tony Tolbert. And, you know, your role gets slightly reduced, but somehow you manage to still lead the team in sacks. 
and be a major factor and contributor to a Super Bowl championship team. Can you tell us a little bit about that year? Yes. Uh, what happened was, is like you said, um, Charles was something, and Tony Tolbert, who is a New Jersey guy, he's from England, right. was also um, there. And um, Jimmy called me in the office and said that uh, you're very valuable to us. And, uh, we can make you, we can extend your career. And I said, how can you? He said, I'm going to make you the more valuable. I'm going to make you the best six man <laughs> in pro football. <laughs> and he said, I'll make you more valuable there. He said, you won't take the pound and I have to play in the run down after down. But he said, what your biggest asset to the team is, is rushing the quarterback. And he said that now you'll be fresh to rush the quarterback. And um, that'll help you be even more successful. And it'll help us be more successful. And, um, and we both agreed on that and thought that was a, a good way to go. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you, you went on to win two Super Bowls, which was, I'm sure, absolutely tremendous. Uh, what was Haley like as a teammate? I mean, you know, we hear stories about, you know, <laughs> uh, the type of character he was. But what was it like being in the locker room with a guy like that? He was a character. There's no question about it. But, but the biggest thing you noticed about him was is that he wanted to win. And he would do anything to win, and he sacrificed to win. He didn't care about stats. He didn't care about anything. And he was a tremendous worker in practice and in the games. He worked extremely hard, and uh, he wanted to win. He wanted to be successful, and he enjoyed winning. So he would do whatever it takes to be a winner. Now, off the field, obviously, he had his issues, but on the field, <laughs> it was never an issue. All right, absolutely. You don't win. You don't win five Super Bowls uh, if you're not a, a heck of a player. That's for darn sure. Um, no question. Jim, Jim, I, I'm looking over. You know, I look over. You know, your career and what a career it was. You know, you're talking 15 seasons at the pro level, 102 and a half sacks, a ton of tackles, a couple touchdowns to boot. But the number that to me is so impressive for a guy who's literally battling in the trenches year after year, play after play, is your 224 consecutive game streak in Dallas. That's impressive. How were you able to keep yourself on the field for that long and keep your body uh, conditioned to, to be so successful and injury-free? First of all, i got to thank my parents. Uh, <laughs> they are they're both in their 80s, and they're in pretty good health. But um, the thing is, is I was a, a workout guy. I work out, you know, I get up early in the morning. I train with Herschel Walker Wow. Uh, early in my career. When he came to the Cowboys, we trained. We called ourselves the Breastplace Club. We get up at 5 o'clock, <laughs> and he put me through a track workout. And then I'd go spar with him on um, Taekwondo. We were spar part, sparring partners, and I was working on that. And then I'd always train. I'd get in the weight room, and i Make sure I don't drink, I don't smoke, and that's the things. I didn't have a lot of serious injuries either. I, uh, my last year of playing was the first time I ever missed a game, and I had a scope on my knee, and that's the reason I missed the game. But uh, that was the biggest thing is conditioning and taking my care of and A lot of it's genetics, being right. uh, blessed to have the right parent. I didn't choose that. <laughs> well, God bless him, that's for sure. Oh, that's great. Now, you you end up going to Buffalo, which is, is kind of cool because it's the team that you, you won your, your two Super Bowls against. Uh, what was it like when you went to Buffalo? I mean, what was the energy up there? Well, it was really uh, – the interesting was 
they were really open and they were happy to have me there. Uh, Jim Kelly and um, Bruce Smith and um, uh, uh, Cornelius Bennett, they welcomed me with open arms. They were happy to have me there and happy to be a part of it. And, you know, Wade Phillips was the defensive coordinator at that time. And it was a, a very, very good experience in Buffalo playing with those guys. I mean, they were extremely talented. The Andre oh, Lee, yeah. the Jim Kelly's. I mean, those guys were extremely talented. And uh, I could see why they got the four Super Bowls, and I could see, you know, the why they were so successful. Yeah, you know, uh, from a Buff standpoint, you know, looking at Buffalo, it's certainly – a kind of unfortunate for those guys that I don't think they get enough credit for how difficult and for what a you know impressive achievement it is to make those four Super Bowls even though you didn't uh, take one home it was super impressive uh, of them no for sure because to get to one Super Bowl is difficult to get to two is uh, demanding but to get to four in a row that's it'll probably never happen again four back-to-back Super Bowls it will never happen probably again oh probably not I, I don't foresee that um, so, Jim, you, you retire in 97, and what was it about coaching that's in, intriguing to you? Well, it was interesting. Um, my coaches, Jimmy Johnson and uh, Wade Phillips, they had always said that I'd be a coach, and I'm, I told them, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> but when I looked at it and I was looking at retiring, you know, sometimes you don't make the choices. The choices make you. And uh, they um, – the uh, Cowboys called me and asked me what I – as soon as I retired, I, shoot, I was only retired uh, two days, and they asked me would I come in and interview for a position on their coaching staff. And I'm like, uh, how can I get a little time? I just retired two days ago. <laughs> just come in and talk to us about coaching. And it just – once I got into it, I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the people that I was associated with in coaching. Wow. And yeah, and, and and that's great. I'm sure uh, you know you've got you know a, a ton of great memories uh, as a coach in Dallas. You go on and you become uh, you know the coach, uh, a coach at Houston, and then you bounce around a little. You, you took some time off from coaching. You went to San Jose. Yeah, yeah. And what, what were you doing then? I know you were involved in. in I was uh, working in my. I always wanted to own my own business, and I was getting to the point where I love coaching, but I always always wanted to own my own business. I wanted to see what it was like to be my own boss. So I opened up in a all-state insurance agency, and I had a lot of success. But uh, my wife told me that she said, you're a coach. You need to go back into coaching. So as you said, I went to the University of Houston. I stayed there three years. We had a lot of success there. And then uh, Mike McIntyre, who I coached with at uh, Dallas, he got the head job at San Jose State and asked me would I come out there and work with him. And I stayed there three years with Mike. And when he came to uh, Colorado, I came to uh, with him to Colorado. Wow. And, and, and here you are today. That's amazing. Yeah. Jim, when, when you're recruiting, what are some traits you look for in the players that you like to recruit and that you like to uh, put in the lineup on your defensive line? The biggest thing is I want them to love the game like I love the game. And I want them to be um, – they won't accept – being mediocre, I want them to accept going to the next level. And um, they got to understand that um, I'm going to push them and I'm going to try to get them to that next level. And I'm going to be uh, fair and um, I'm going to make sure that they have a good experience, but I also want them to be successful, not just as a player, but as a student athlete and as a uh, person. 
and I want them to be successful. And I look at that. I want them to have players that I coached 10 years ago that come to me and they bring their kids or uh, they bring their significant other and tell me the experience of, you know, coach, uh, playing for me and, and and how they enjoyed it. And that's what I wanted to do, enjoy the experience and have success in life, not just sports. And, and that's great, Jim, and I really admire that. I work in uh, in the education field myself, so, uh, you know, I really admire that it's far more than just football to you and that, you know, the overall well-being is what's, you know, at the end of the day most important. I can really ad- admire and respect that for sure. Jim, are there any players you watch today in the league that you think resemble you or your game? Well, to be honest with you, because uh, being a coach, I don't really watch the NFL very much, so I really couldn't tell you because I don't, I don't watch it. I, I'm more focused on my players and the college game than the NFL game at this point. Oh, that's great, and uh, I totally understand and respect that. What would you say going forward? We should look out for for the Colorado Buffaloes coming into next season. The big thing is is that uh, some people think that it was um, a one-year thing or just we're going to be a one-year hit. But we have kids that are working extremely hard. We have very intelligent kids that do well off the field as opposed to it. And they want to show everybody that this wasn't just a one-hit wonder. This was a team that has uh, risen from the ashes and continue to be successful. Okay, great, and we'll be looking forward to it, and we'll certainly be uh, rooting you and the Buffaloes on here at the Big Star Show. Now, Jim, I just got to ask you this. You talk about uh, great genetics that you got from your parents. Well, you have got some children as well that are uh, pretty uh, remarkable athletes. What's it like as a father seeing your own kids out there having success? Well, my wife says it was because of her. It wasn't me. I was just there. But, no, I've been happy with uh, having to see my kids, and that's why I took a little time off, because I wanted to see them play and enjoy their their time in the growing up. So that was fun. That was really fun to have uh, to watch that and watch my kids play. Oh, absolutely. I, I could imagine. I mean, that's that, that's amazing. Jim, what's lifestyle like out in Colorado? I've never been to Colorado, but ironically, oh, really? I'm, uh, I'm well, coming there next yeah. month, though. I'll be in town next oh, month. Oh, you'll enjoy it. Uh, but it's a little unique in the weather. Like yesterday, we had snow. Today, it's 53. By the weekend, it'll be 70 degrees. It doesn't <laughs> stay very long. I mean, if you don't like the weather, it's going to change. <laughs> just, just hold on. <laughs> You get a little bit of everything, huh? Yes, yes, but it's a beautiful place. It's up in the Rocky Mountains. We live in a beautiful place. I see the mountains every morning, and I really enjoy that. Oh, that's great. That's great. Now, I'm excited to come out to Colorado and uh, get to experience it, it myself. Um, well, Jim, I can't thank you enough for joining us. It's been a true pleasure and honor for me to have a chance to interview a guy who I watched as a kid and truly admired, so I can't thank you enough. Best of luck to you in the upcoming season, Jim, and I look forward to hopefully talking to you again soon. Thank you very much. Wow, that that was great. What a great guy Jim is. Jim, we're very appreciative to have you come on the show and uh, talk to us about your illustrious career and you know what you got going on now. 
Um, ironically, you know, we did this interview prior to the draft. Ironically, we draft a, a young stud at defensive end in Taco Charlton. Then, you know, if he could be half the player that big Jim Jeffcoat was, uh, you know, then we're, we're in for one heck of a draft pick and a, and a future star for certain to add to some of the talent we already have across that defensive front with Tyrone Crawford and David Irving. You know, Charles Tapper, we, we got some guys. We got some guys on this defense. Also drafted one of Jeff Coates' guys. He's an assistant defensive coach at the University of Colorado. Drafted a cornerback over there, Awuzier, who was an absolute stud at Colorado and to, who quote-unquote breathes football, the type of guy you want on your football team. Also took another Michigan player uh, along with Carlton, Jordan Lewis. So, um, you know, we certainly addressed a, a major position in need, losing our two starters from last year. You know, we got we got talented youth across the board, both on offense and defense. And I'm super excited about this upcoming season and the future in the future in general. Exciting days for the Dallas Cowboys are ahead for sure. Again, I want to thank Jim Jeffcoat for uh, joining us on our first episode back from our little hiatus since the heartbreak of last season. And we got a lot to look forward to, both uh, in the NFL season and, of course, here on the Big Star Show. Got a couple of big-time guests coming up to follow this great episode. Stay tuned for our next episode as we'll have Cowboys running back Timmy Newsom. Until next time, this is Ed Cohen signing out.